Hey there, it is church time, and we're so glad to have you with us right now. Hey, go ahead and, if you haven't done it yet, greet someone down there in the comments. Make sure you share this stream out into your social media. And I want to remind you that church is not closed. We are still gathering. It's different. It's weird. But we also have an opportunity to have a church on every corner, much like the New Testament churches where they met in houses. We'd love for you to jump into this house party idea and invite some people, invite your neighbors, and, and be safe, wear masks, all that kind of stuff. But we have an opportunity here to get outside the church doors, to see whether this is really real, ever, whether it ever was, whether we just were going somewhere, or whether we actually belong to the, to the following, to belong to Jesus and put this on my shoulders. Am I going to walk this out? And am I going to do this myself? Church is not closed. Be the church. And that's why we're highlighting these Be the Church interviews. We did one with uh, Charlene Steer with the CBC Foster Care Closet. And then we did another one uh, just this last week with uh, Lou and Desi, church members that are out there finding ways to still be the church during this time. Have you found your way? If you have and you're doing stuff, please let me know. Hit me up and say, hey, this is how we're doing ministry. And you might think, well, I don't want to puff myself up and, you know, pride and all that. And I, I understand that. But your church needs to know. We'd love to be able to highlight some things that our members are doing out there in the community. Let's go ahead and pray and we'll jump in to the message. Dear Jesus, help us to be the church. Help us not just to talk the talk, God. Help us to walk the walk. God, help us to get the message out there among the nations, God, among the neighborhoods, Lord. Not just, uh, you know, far away, God, but right next door. God, help us not to rely on anybody else for our witness. God, help us to get out there and do it ourselves. Find someone to read the Bible with. Find someone to do a Bible study with. Invite them over. God, help us to be the church right now in this way that we can. God, just like we've always should have been, doing the work and owning it. Lord, we love you. I pray as we open your word, you speak right to our hearts. In your name we pray. Amen. Stress. I don't know about you, but that word stresses me out just hearing it. Stress. Now, stress and anxiety are two different things. Stress comes from the outside. These stressors come into our lives with their circumstance or events, and they cause us pressure and tension. Anxiety comes from the inside. It's often a, a feeling of apprehension due to an imprecise or an unknown threat. Stress is that feeling that we is brought on by events and, and, and different circumstances. And for different people, it feels differently. I don't know about you, but for me, it's a tightness, right? And a fuzziness in my brain. It's hard to concentrate. I space out. My, my neck gets stiff and my shoulders begin to hurt. And I get extra irritable. You don't want to be around me. I'm not a fun person to be around when I am stressed out. The part of my problem is that I have a problem putting my stress down. I won't let go of it is my problem. There was a, a professor one time that was speaking on stress management. And what he did is he picked up a glass and he asked the class, how much do you think this glass weighs? Well, they gave a bunch of answers, 8 ounces, 12 ounces, 16 ounces. But the professor said, look, 
how much it weighs doesn't really matter. It matters how long you hold it. It matters how long you hold it. If I hold this glass for a minute, then I'm fine. If I hold it for an hour, I've got an arm ache and I'm hurting. If I hold it all day, I might have to get the ambulance called for me. See, the actual weight doesn't matter, but the longer you hold it, the heavier it gets. And if we carry our burdens all the time, sooner or later, we will not be able to go on. The burden just becomes increasingly heavier. Now, but some people live in a constant state of stress. And eventually, that burden gets so heavy, they physically begin to break down. Whether it's heart problems or, you know, kidney stones or ulcers or obesity, gastrointestinal problems, our body was not made to live in a constant state of stress. A part of the problem is some of us have actually become addicted to stress. We don't feel useful or alive unless we feel stressed. See, stress actually releases hormones, cortisol, dopamine, adrenaline. And Concordia University neuroscientist and addiction specialist, Jim Foss, explains this. He says this. He says, by activating our arousal and attention systems, stressors can also wake up neural circuitry in our brain underlying wanting and craving just like drugs do. We can become addicted to stress. And because of this release of hormones, people start to overwork themselves. They take on more than they actually can handle. Or maybe you know who you are out there. Maybe you wait until the last minute to start a project so that you will get this burst of energy uh, by being stressed out so that you can finish it. In the long run, though, we cannot live like that. If it doesn't physically kill us, one day you're going to retire and you're going to feel so empty and so lost. Why? Because you've trained yourself to believe the fact that stress equals success. That's what you've trained yourself to believe. And there's all kinds of stress. There's financial stress. There's uh, relational stress, stress from circumstances, quarantine, pandemic, politics, isolation, loneliness, marriage problems, job security, mortgages. Now, Job knew something about stress, right? If you're ever feeling overwhelmed, go to Job. He lost everything. He lost his family, his business, his home, and his health. One of Job's friends one day decided that he was going to come and help Job out, give him some advice. And this is what Job's friend Eliphaz told him, tried to encourage him with these words in Job 5 and 6, or 5 verse 6. For affliction does not come from the dust, nor does trouble sprout from the ground, but man is born of trouble as the sparks fly upward. Think about that. As man is here, he makes some sparks and is gone. Kind of like one of those little snapper fireworks that you throw at your sister or, you know, throw at your brother's feet when you're little. That's it. That's real encouraging from Eliphaz, right? It's kind of the equivalent of saying to someone that's really going through a, a terrible situation, just telling, well, life stinks. But these words stuck with Job in a particularly distressed, discouraging time Job later said something very similar in Job 14, verse 1. 
He said, man who is born of woman is of few days and full of trouble. Sometimes life can feel that way. Sometimes it, we, we just, everything we uh, touch seems to go wrong and there's trouble and there's hurt and there's pain. But next Eliphaz tells Job that he needs to take his case to God and repent and all his problems will be fixed. But the only problem was Job's need to repent was actually not the reason these things were happening. See, actually, Job uh, was being tested by God. Now, it's important to have people to lean on during times of struggle and times of stress, but nobody should replace God's place in your life. It's good to have friends but, and uh, talking to friends about our problems, but you, nothing replaces talking to God because your friend is flawed just like you are. But God will never, ever leave you astray. So you realized your stress, right? That was a big surprise, right? You, you finally admitted it, huh? Now, we, most of us know that we're stressed out. But what do you, you know you need to, to put it down, but what's next? Well, the first step is this. You need to identify the stressors. You need to figure it out. You need to take a moment and figure out and think, what is stressing me out? Whether it's the news, whether it's work, whether it's our bank account, whether it's a person, we need to figure these things out. These stressors can be warning signs that we're holding too tightly onto something. If the news is what overcomes you with stress and you get angry and you get frustrated when you watch it, you might need to realize and remember that you're holding too tightly onto this earthly citizenship. And that you're not built for this world. And you're just a pilgrim passing through. And your citizenship is not here. Your citizenship is in heaven. So when politics and, and, and problems in the news overwhelm you, you've got to remember that there is another life that we're living for. Or maybe work is your stressor. You might find and look and examine what your actual purpose is for why you work. Why do you work? Are you just looking for outside validation that you have value? Well, that's something you're supposed to get from God, not from your work. Are you just wanting people to need you and people to recognize how important you are and to remember how important you are? Well, that just might make you realize that you need to realign your worldview and your purpose for life. You might be putting too much stock in people and, 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 and in work. Now, work is a good thing. Work is an amazing thing. He, God invented the whole thing. He gave Adam and Eve a job to do, to tend the Garden of Eden. But ultimately, their purpose was not to trim trees. It was to glorify God with their lives. Well, how do you know that? How do you know that wasn't the big... Because that's not what they got fired for. They didn't get fired for cutting down the wrong trees. They got fired and put out of the garden because... They disobeyed God and brought shame to God's name. See, your stress at work might just be an indication that your purpose is off. Now, we talked about this last week in Colossians 3.23. It said, whatever you do, work heartily. That means work hard. It's good to have a job. It's good to put your hands to it and to give it your all. But work heartily as for the Lord, not for men. We said this last week, work like Jesus is your boss. You know you can never please everyone, so just 
please him with your life. And at the end of the day, he has proven to you that he loves you and accepts you so you can put that stress down and leave the rest up to God. Well, maybe it's your bank account that stresses you out. There's normally two types of people. There's people that won't ever look at their bank account and hope it magically fixes itself. And then there's people that look at it every 10 minutes, hoping somehow something changed. Which one are you? You can drop that down in the comments. You the one that never wants to look? Or are you the one that wants to look every five minutes? Look, you cannot serve God and money. And if you think money is your biggest problems and, and more uh, of money was going to fix your problems, then you really are overestimating the power of money. God promises to supply our needs. He promises that his eye is on every sparrow so you can trust that he is watching you right now and he knows where you're at. Maybe a person is your biggest stressor. Well, that's an indication that something needs to be fixed. A bad relationship is a broken relationship. And maybe you need to forgive them. Maybe you need to put down that bitterness. Maybe they did something to you and you just haven't been able to let go of it. Those ill feelings you have are an indication that you need to do some work and you need to forgive them. Why? Because Jesus forgave you and forgiven people forgive people. Maybe you lean too much on a person for your purpose, whether it's your kids or your husband or your friends. Hey, God, uh, they cannot fill that spot that God is supposed to take in your life. If you put your worth and wrap your worth up in someone, that's called codependence, and, and your happiness raises on that relationship. That is a problem. That is a, a really an idol in your life. And you should put that worth in God instead. Because people will fall short no matter what. The best way, let me give you a, a, a clue here. The best way to fix a relationship is to serve that person unconditionally. Serve them, even when they don't deserve it. And in fact, that's even better because that's a great opportunity to serve someone like Jesus served us because we didn't deserve it either. Love your neighbor, love your enemy, and everyone in between. Identify your stressors and then realize, this is number two, realize that you aren't in control. You know, when we're stressed out about something that is inevitable that's going to happen, really what we end up doing is just suffering twice. Who of you has added one hour to your life because of stress or, or one zero to your bank account because of stress? Perhaps no passage in scripture better captures how to handle stress than Philippians 4, 6. And you know this one. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. The Lord tells us not to be anxious about anything, but rather to turn everything over to him in prayer, realizing that he is in control we aren't in control. God is in control. I'm not in control. Lifting our burdens and concerns to a holy God and a righteous God daily, every day, 
will help relieve stress in our lives. Just that simple task of saying, God, I am overwhelmed by this. God, I am stressed out. God, please help me with this. Taking it to him. Because Jesus Christ offers peace if we come to him with our worries and our concerns. Psalms 55, 22 tells us to cast our cares on him and he will sustain us and never fail us. Just throw them at him. <laughs> all your cares and all your worries, just let it go and throw them at his feet. It tells us we are offered peace when we do that. In John 14, 27, Jesus says, peace I leave you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Let that those words soak over your heart right now. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Church, you sitting there on the couch, let not your heart be troubled. Jesus is offering you peace right now. You're never going to be happy living in stress. So let God hold it instead. Cast your burdens on him. He can handle it. Identify your stressors. Realize and remember that you are not in control. And then lastly, soak your mind in gratitude. Soak your mind in gratitude. Too blessed to be stressed, right? That's kind of a funny little phrase to say, but it rings so true. Gratitude is a big part of putting down stress. Realizing that you didn't earn the life you have. You didn't earn it. You were given it. So your reputation, your looks, your success, whatever you consider your proudest achievements comes directly from God. It tells us that in James 1, 7, every good gift, every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. You can draw a straight line from every good thing in your life directly to God. Every good thing is a God thing. So praise him for it. Lift him up for it. Because stress and thankfulness cannot live in the same space. So whether it's stress about your kids heading back to school in a pandemic, or whether it's stress about being laid off for your job, whatever it is, you cannot hold it forever. You weren't built to hold that up. And what you have to do is you have to put the glass down. Rest for a while before picking it back up again. Maybe you're going to figure out that you don't need to hold the glass at all. Maybe you're going to figure out that you should just pour that whole glass out. Maybe you need to hand that glass to God. Or maybe you do actually need to pick it up every once in a while. But you got to remember you can't hold it forever. Yeah, maybe you have to pick it up when you're at work. But you have to put it down when you come home. You cannot hold this stuff forever. You've got to have a time of refreshment. You've got to have a time of giving things over to God. Identify the stressors. Realize you're not in control. And lastly, soak your mind in gratitude. Church, we love you so much. And I know this has been a stressful time. It's been a stressful time for me too. 
But God doesn't want us to live in that space. God doesn't want us to live overcome by stress. It's not good for you. It's not good for your families. It's not good for your relationships. Some of it, that stress is caused by social media and you just need to delete the whole thing. You need to identify the stressors. Realize that you're not in control. And then you need to soak your mind in gratitude. If we would be thankful, if we would worship God, it would change our lives. I encourage you once again to go and find a piece of paper and a pen and just begin to write down all the good things that God has done for you. There's so many things. And every good thing is a God thing. And you can praise Him for it. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, as we once again have come together as a church, an ecclesia, an assembly of believers, God, help us to be people that have peace. Help the world be able to see that the peace that comes from you is the answer. Too often we're angry and we're frustrated and, and those are the sides that we show to people. God, help them to see you through us and that you're in control. God, I pray for anyone that might listen today, God, that is uh, you know, not a believer. God, I pray that they would make that choice today once and for all. I pray they would reach out to me, Phil Wayman, uh, on Facebook or even in my email. God, I pray that they would take that step. God, stir them up not to put it off any longer. Lord, we love you. God, thank you for this church. Thank you for these people. Thank you for the love that they've shown my family. God, we just love you so much. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, church, we just want to thank you for joining us today. we got one more song to listen to and to, to worship. Hey, I, wanna, I just want to tell you, worship music means everything when you're going through a problem or going through a struggle. Hey, every once in a while, turn off your oldies or turn off your hairband or whatever else you're listening to, your country music, and turn on some worship music that lifts up the name of Jesus. Because when we feel surrounded and when we feel like there is no hope, we've got to realign our heart on him. We want to thank you once again for giving and supporting our church. This has been a, a, a difficult time. And, and a lot of you have had some difficult situations in your financial uh, you know, life right now. And we just we, we want to know you to know that we realize that. And it is just such an encouragement and, and that you are continuing to support Clarksburg Baptist Church and all we do. Uh, I, it's just been a, a great testimony. Thank you for continuing to do that. You can head to our uh, website for that giving link or, or probably down there in the, the comments. Hey, I also uh, want to just encourage you once again uh, to reach out to people this week. I know the staff is trying to do that. The council's mm -hmm. stepping out to try and do that. But we need you to do that. There's people that we're probably missing that maybe they haven't gotten contacted in a little while and seen how they're doing. Reach out to them stretch out, email them, call them, do something. Because we have to be the church. We also want to encourage you to follow along with this Bob Goff study that we've been doing. Everybody always. It's going to encourage you to do those things. Hey, we love you so much, church. We cannot wait to see you next Sunday.